Hey guys, welcome back. This is your host Marina. And this is your host Gabriella. And you're listening to <sighs> Lemons to Lemonade. Welcome to episode number 20. This is number 20. This is number 20. Yeah! That is a milestone for us. Wow, I can't believe we've we made it that far. We've 20 episodes. 20 episodes. That's Dang, crazy. You a real one. Give me a uh. And you know what's crazy? 20 is my favorite number. So this is, is it really? Yeah, this is a very special episode. And uh this episode is our the first time we're having a guest. Yeah. Which is a I'm big so deal. I'm so excited for this episode because we have been talking about you know bringing in guests but i don't know i feel like it's so weird because now we're gonna have a guest like i we're not used to that so it's just us and we yeah. talk we talk like how we normally talk all the time yeah and now i feel like i gotta like interview people i don't know it's I different feel like a real host yeah it's different i'm i'm really happy and excited of of how far this is this has come and yeah. where this is going so expect more guests expect more more episodes that's for sure yeah so um how was your weekend it was a long weekend this weekend was hot af in la let me tell you like it was like 113 degrees yeah. or something yeah. like that um super hot i really just didn't do much this weekend i stayed at the house just because it was so hot also because i don't want to get the coronavirus i know and um but i did go to the pool yesterday i got invited to a pool it was like it, it was really nobody the person that, that owned the house wasn't there and my friend was like let's go to the pool and i was like okay it was just her my boyfriend and i and we just like chilled at the pool ate some good food yeah that's fun and that's it we uh we went and had dinner and we had drinks and oh, we yeah. talked and oh my God, I didn't even forgot about, about all that. that. <laughs> yeah, we did go out to dinner <laughs> yeah. on Friday, which was so different to me. I think it, like now that we go out, it's like, I don't know. You have that in mind, you know, like you have to be so cautious and have your mask on. Things are different. Eating outside. There was no fan. I was sweating my arms and my my balls off. Yeah, your balls. <laughs> you know, no, but it was really it was really hot. And we went to an Italian place, so we were eating pasta. Yeah, I was so hot. And right of course, after. Marina and I decided to go for like spicy yeah. pasta on a super hot day. And I don't know. I was sweating, too. Yeah. I think when I was eating that pasta, because it was so hot, too. They brought the pasta out, like, so hot. My leftovers the next day, though, were so good. I felt disgusting because as soon as I woke up, I was like, is it bad if I eat the leftover pasta? No. Did you eat it? Yes. Oh, in the morning. <laughs> Ryan was like, no, it's okay. But it was like 9 a.m. And I was like, I'm about to kill this pasta. But was it good, though? Did it it was good? better yeah. than the day before. Yeah, yeah, I thought so, too. We have to go back. I really like that place. Yeah, no, it was really good. And then after we went to this bar and we got tequila shots yeah. and um, mascot mules. And, and don't worry, we were being safe. We were seated away from people. So. Yes, yes. It was fun. It's it was not really like fun. we were out here clubbing or anything like that. Clubs know? are closed still, I think, in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're being safe. We're being cautious. Uh, but we just, like, really needed to get out for a second, yeah. you know, because we've been at home for so long that i i was like i'll go anywhere at this point <laughs> just take me somewhere yeah and uh speaking of being safe i have implemented something new to my morning routine 
Mm. I am taking shots early in the morning. Shots of what? Ginger and lemon. Oh. And turmeric. Girl, I thought you were saying like, <laughs> I'm taking a shot of tequila. I was like, okay. No, I've been, I, for, for the past two days now, I have uh, been taking lemons and ginger. So I blend them and then make a little shot. And then just drink it. It's, it's very spicy because I mm-hmm. like ginger and I like spicy. But I feel like that way I'm making sure my immune system is yeah. staying it's 100%. Good. Yeah. So I've been buying those shots. Like you can buy them at like Whole Foods or How much do they Jones. cost you? Uh, I think it's like a pack of six is like $10. It's okay, not terrible. Not, bad. not like the other day after we went hiking last week. Yeah. And then we ended up going to some restaurant no it was like a a smoothie yeah juice store store. and i was like okay can i get a wellness shot it was five dollars for like it didn't even come in like a little cup it was like a ramekin yeah the the sample the samples you get at costco you know how they come in those little little ramekins yeah i was like are you kidding me yeah that place was pricey that reminds me the price of food in la is such bullshit like I got so upset yesterday because at the pool, I was like, okay, what do, what do we want to eat? I really wanted to eat crabs. So I was looking at Postmates, but the re- I usually get king crab and yeah. king crab is more expensive, yeah. but it usually ranges around $50. So I was like, okay. A person or? A yeah, meal? like okay. $50 to get like the pound of king yeah. crab. Yeah. But yesterday the price was $70 and it doesn't come with anything else. Just the king crab. From where? From um, Drunken Crab. Oh, my God. And then I was like, hell no. And then I was like, okay, let me just get regular snow crab, right? And then the snow crab was $50 with nothing else. And and the thing is, like, when you break it, there's, like, barely any meat. Yeah. So, like, what are so you... So, if you doing? wanted it with, like, corn and potatoes and all that, because I like it, like, yeah, you know, yeah, like that yeah. spicy style and the seafood that comes in a bag. And if you wanted to add that, it was $60. Plus, you got to pay, like, the Postmate delivery and you got to give it. It ends up being like $80 for one person. For one person, yeah. So I was like, hell no, I'm not buying that. End up getting food from Toca Madera. Oh, you did? In okay. LA, How right? I've never and, been Well, there. it was like, it's like, I guess they have like a restaurant at night that's called Toca Madera. And then they have one that it's like a vegan, not a vegan, but I don't know. It's like a, like a more of like a lunch spot. Okay, okay, yeah. And so I end up choosing tacos, right? And I'm thinking, when you look at the picture, it shows two tacos. Yeah. So I'm thinking that this order has two tacos in it. Because each order is $6. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'm $3 getting two, a taco, yeah. I'm like, two tacos, so I'm going to get four. Because I know I'm not going to get four with two tacos. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, my friend is like, oh, don't get avocado. Cause, or don't get guac, because I already got a large one. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Girl. When this food comes, the taco is like half the palm of my hand, <gasps> and it's one taco per order. So six dollars so six dollars for, for a baby that taco. taco. Yes, Damn. and it wasn't even a good taco either. Like it was. That's what made me really pissed that it wasn't a good taco. And then I look at the guac, and it's like two little scoops of guac. I'm like, these people are really out here, just like. Of charging the crap out of food. So I called. I was so upset. <laughs> and I was like, can you explain to me why a taco is $6 at your place? Well, you really called? Yes. Oh, my God. Because I just think that's outrageous. Yeah. You know? And then she was like, 
Oh, can you give me your order? Oh, yeah, I can see here that you ordered carne asada. And carne asada is an upcharge. I'm like, do, I, do you know who you're talking to? I am the queen of eating tacos. I wonder you're going to tell me that carne the... asada is an upcharge? Carne asada it's is the, the basic, main yeah. meat for a taco. Like, what's what's a regular charge then? Girl, I was like, I am done with this For restaurant. an empty taco? Never going back yeah. there again. I don't care. That was... Uh. Yeah. Anyways. Well, now you know. Do not eat at Tugum super Madero. fancy restaurants and go to the taco trucks. Yeah. Dollar like fifty. A, like those like super hyped up LA spots yeah. where the food isn't even good and then you end up buying more. F- I don't know. That pisses me off. To spend money on food that I don't like. No. Yeah. But anyway. Today's episode, like I mentioned earlier, we have a special guest. Um, so yeah, today we're going to be having one of my friends. Her name is Sarah Mora. And I really just like met her on Instagram and I just thought that she was so cool. So we're going to chat with her today. Okay, so let me tell you guys a little bit about our guest today. Um, Her name is Sarah Mora. She's also known as Miss Sarah Mora. And she is a national immigrant rights activist. Ooh, boy, when I say that, I feel so good. And she's also a digital creator and organizer. So... And can I add a badass? If you look on her Instagram, she's a badass. She is so dope. Honestly, I met her on Instagram a couple of months back. I I never actually met her in in real life. But I feel like one day we were like, hey, you want to FaceTime? Like, let's just meet through FaceTime because we don't know when we're going to be able to like actually meet in in person person since obviously everything is going on. So we literally go on FaceTime and I kid you not, we were on FaceTime for like two hours. She's based out of New York, right? I think New Jersey. New Jersey, we'll ask her that one. Yeah, we can ask her. But um, I learned like a couple things about her and basically how she started um, being an activist at a really young age. And I just think that's super admirable because I cannot imagine, you know, like dedicating my life to a cause. just doing good, you know, like I am not that that good of an angel, you know. So I don't know. It's super exciting to have her come on our show and... Um, have her like explain some things too. yeah and really think, just like i feel like her life is so interesting that i, I have so many questions hi hey, oh, sorry hey. i'm all over the place today no, no you're good you're good you look beautiful thank you i have to record a piece after this and i'm so nervous for it that i was like i have to get a crazy glam so i don't look as nervous oh my god you look so good Thank you. I'm always living for your uh, glam pictures on Instagram. I'm like, okay, girl. So we so we did so we did this whole uh, intro for you. Um, we introduced you as the badass, the activist, the the personality. Um, so I think the first question is: tell us a little bit about yourself. People who are listening who don't know you, who is Sarah Mora? Who are you, girl? <laughs> Well, a little about me, I am a storyteller, a digital strategist, and an immigrant rights activist, and my work started in high school, but like so many people that grow up um, in an immigrant home, perhaps, especially low-income homes, a lot of the advocacy that you do, you don't even know it's called that fancy word, Um, And the more I got involved, the more I realized that in a lot of spaces where decisions are made on behalf of those with low socioeconomic status, 
there's people leading that have not experienced what it's like to live through essentially the system. And I mean, I really feel like I found my voice speaking out and being public about being a DACA recipient, especially because I wasn't like an A plus student in high school per se. It was really just out of high school seeing myself of not being able to apply for scholarships yeah. and going straight to community college, I began to wonder, like, what do you, like, kind of just really, like, realizing everything and thinking, so this is what it is? Like, this is what is going on in the country? And, like, actually at 17, I got invited by the embassy, which I feel like so many immigrants wow. relate to the embassy, right, and be going to renew your visa. Yeah. Um, I got invited by them to, in, to meet the president of Costa Rica, which is where I was born. And then when I interviewed him, he did not know what DACA was. And I was like, all right, bro, I'm not an A-plus student, but how are you a whole president and you don't know what DACA is? That's crazy. So it was crazy. That was the beginning of him? a lot Did of you things. tell him about it? Yeah, I like filled him in. I'm like, well, since you don't know the school, gave him a whole background. And especially because in New Jersey, there's a high population of Costa Ricans. And he was just like, okay, well, you have administration access. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what administration? And it was like his team. And he was like, do you want to start a scholarship? Like, what are you looking to do to help me? Yeah. And it was pretty mind blowing. I mean, like, it's awesome to yeah, think about like, it now. Yeah, the hell gets invited by the president? Like, yeah. at 17, at 17, going through that, like, realizing that you have a big voice or you can do something to us to the extent of meeting the president how did that make you feel like what was your I was like first of all like on a on a funny note I was like that's it like what's up what do you mean like this is not gonna be but then on a serious note I realized slowly as I spoke with more people in power that growing up in high school where I didn't have programs like political science and diplomacy and international relations I didn't understand that I also too could aspire to be a world leader but more so over that a lot of world leaders weren't necessarily as qualified as we grow up thinking that they are and so like our president yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense so how long would you say you like you've been doing activism i mean i feel like it's always awkward to answer that lately because i'm like i would say eight years but i feel like it's been longer because there were always reasons to advocate when i was younger like in high school i was part of one of the leaders that led a program and i was the most improved for a funded gas company um internship program where they took us to like wall street and they tried to show us different places um in a goal of inspiring us to see ourselves in those positions Mm -hmm. um and just like part of intervening with school fights because like i mean high schools are police so much more in low-income cities and we don't really realize that until until somebody paints it for us and so like growing up I noticed it but I feel like I didn't have the words to put it into um full summary like I do now um but I would say more officially for storytelling it was since 2014 so it's been six years has there any been has there been a period in your life where you're like, oh my god, this is a lot of responsibility, or like I don't know if this is what I want to do, or has there any has there been a moment of doubt in your <laughs> career? I yeah. guess. 
Yeah, right now, to be honest. I feel like after quarantine, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm 23 years old. Like, I think the hard part about, like, um, being in this work is that, like, when one person sees you, they see the population you represent, per se. And, like, that's really unrealistic. So I've just also been trying to be more human on Instagram and not only talk about advocacy because I think people forget, like... I'm a whole, like, when I talk, when I share my story, it was like, oh, I admire it. You're so mature for your age. I'm like, first of all, that's trauma. I'm not mature out of, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm a of experiences. And, like, I think the branding that comes with it, I love dressing up. I love, like, talking on camera now. It makes it look too juicy and too, like, glam. Something yeah background wise so I think lately like I mean quarantine really triggered my mental health in a really bad way so I think I've been trying to come like present about me having fun because I'm like I really feel like people think this is like a career choice and it's not something that I necessarily dreamed of my whole life choosing yeah right um even though it's like work that is so respectable I feel like it's really heavy so right now is probably the the time exactly it's so funny that you're saying that too because i think like when i first saw your instagram i was like because i think you posted me on your story or something (laughs) who is this angel of god because like i went on your instagram and i saw everything you were doing and i was like oh my god this is like some real shit like this is not like your typical influencer that's just like taking photos and talking about beauty products. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is somebody that's actually uh, doing like real change. So to me, that was super dope. And then when we ended up going on FaceTime, you were so chill. Like we have like very similar personalities and you were dealing with things that I deal with. So I thought that was really cool. So I think that's a side of you that many people might not know because they look at you and they're like, oh my God, this girl must be so smart she's like on her shit but little do they know that like you're just a regular human being that's like battling what you're going through and trying to balance like a work life and just like enjoying life as well you know and i've been thinking about that so much because i'm like in my private friendships like everybody's like yo you're like the friend everyone needs and i'm like i think i could do better right in all areas always but i feel like on instagram i haven't reflected how sensitive i actually am and how like open I am to imperfections because I feel like there's been a part of me that is like okay if I'm talking about this subject I need to rep right but that's also the kid in me feeling like well I was a like a C student right so I better speak correctly and I better present myself excellently but lately I've just been realizing the power in also sharing which is why I'm working with my high school now again Mm -hmm. because I'm like I want to go back to the root and really share that like like it's okay to not always have it all together and I think that's going to be really powerful because when we think of changing the world or we think of these worlds what's made me so mad to begin with when I got involved was the elitism behind it that makes everyone feel like they have to have fancy words to describe it and like I've been disrupting that by saying like you don't have to have a hundred big words like I think it's pretty like I hate I cannot stand being in environments where people only use big words because I'm like you're saying like a simple sentence you just want to be in you're like, hold on, let me use google translate I think also what you're saying, I mean, I'm not in that world at all, so I don't understand a lot of things, but I do think that for the common folk, right, that are listening to these people, 
it's so intimidating to listen to someone that is speaking in a way that you probably don't normally do. And even if like, I have a very extensive vocabulary, I will say that, but even then I don't like it because I'm like, this is not how I normally talk. Mm -hmm. Like normally I use like regular as words, you know? And so for me, it makes me feel a lot more comfortable if whoever I'm listening to speaks in that same way. I think it- But that's so important. That's what I think so many activists have been talking about. And I think for me, that's my priority, which is why I'm like, um, I feel like I'm an aspiring language advocate on language accessibility, because if we really think about the working class, like they don't have the luxury to talk in these words, in these big words, let alone sometimes even know they're the working class. Like as I'm in the world and learning all these like things that help explain society i'm like and who knows this only people who are rich only people who have the luxury to be in a position to even zoom back right like not your common person but i would i would say i do not have an extensive vocabulary when it comes to i'm also an immigrant i immigrated here when i was 11 from egypt so Mm. when i came I was placed into English language development classes. So my science, my math, my English, all these were like for people who did not know how to speak English, which I knew how to speak. I just, I guess, not well enough for the school. Mm -hmm. And I've always struggled when it comes to vocabulary. I don't know if it's because I don't read enough books with, you know, hard words or just because I wasn't (laughs) born here. I, I never knew, but every now and then like I'll pick up a word and like kind of try to slide it in my sentences and and, like you know be like oh look at myself but at the same time like if we're talking normally and if I'm trying to get a message for someone to understand what I'm saying I don't need to use big words I don't need to use extensive vocabulary it's intimidating too also if I know I'm smart I don't need to be using big words to make you feel like I'm smart like regardless of how I present myself or express myself that should just be but I imagine that for you, this is also a way to kind of like cover a fear because um, I've been in rooms, you know, even just being an influencer that there aren't rooms where there are crazy important people. They're important in my industry, but not in the world, you know? Yeah. So I can imagine that when you come into these rooms and you might like, how do you feel? Do you ever feel like, oh my God, I'm so tiny in this room with like all these people. Like, I feel like it was crazy because one of my friends, like, a lot of friends have never been able to be there before speeches and stuff, but I gave a speech in the LA like climate change conference. And like, I actually had like, like very low level panic attack before and after. Yeah. And like, I think that's so, it almost makes me want to cry right now. Oh my God, I'm not going to cry. But it's just like, it's so messed up how elitist spaces of power are. Cause it, I'm like, if I'm like becoming competitive and like learning how to adapt and look like this hard body, like intelligent person, like how many people don't eat? Like it should, it doesn't have to be like that is my yeah. Yeah. As a leader. I think that's why I haven't given up on this field because I'm like, nah, I want to disrupt rooms. I want to, and I've done it. Like I've gone into rooms and I'm like, why are you talking like that mm-hmm. in front of groups of people? And they're like, I'm like, be like, just be self-aware. Like, for God's sake, we're talking about low-income class and you're over here speaking like a bourgeoisie, goddamn ancient king, right? Yeah. And I'm so angry and passionate because I'm like, I could go into a hundred different careers, but in this career, I found my voice because I found that a common person that doesn't have high grades, that doesn't come from a political family, that doesn't understand those worlds, can go in and disrupt because you're who should be there, 
not the people who've been there for generations and who have generational wealth, but the common person who actually knows what it's like to go through the crappy ass system that's racist, like, and all around just discriminatory. So I feel like I but get passionate. There are people that need to be more in those rooms because they're the ones that have actually experienced. And I feel like because it's mostly those people that are getting those opportunities that they've never even had to struggle that much. That's why they speak out of not knowing enough. They've never put themselves in situations or really like visited a neighborhood that really needed that help to see, you know, to truly see the things that people are, are going through. But I have a question for you because I think this is something that I've argued a lot with different friends, right? Because me coming from also an immigrant co uh, country and also struggling a lot, like coming up, um, we've been lucky enough, I'd say that we we all, all three of us here came to this country and, you know, I got DACA, you ended up getting DACA as well. Like Marina ended up getting her situation uh, her way. But even that was a privilege to us to be in the position that we are today where we're able to make change. Yeah. But do you ever have to argue with people, even if they're just like your friends, about um, like what privilege is? Because I feel like some people, they, they just say, I guess their take is there is no privilege. We all have... The same like the capacity to like read a book we all have the capacity to choose to do better and so they think that some people or some groups of people are choosing to stay in the lower end because they're being lazy and they're not you know have you ever had that argument with friends where so i guess my question is like what do you tell those people like what's your response because to me i think that that's crap like that because I feel like this comes from years and years of like sometimes you don't even have the choice to get out of situations you know like you're kind of forced into them yeah I mean it just depends on the context of the conversation but I feel like I just get pretty like to the point because it's like I also feel like these conversations end up in tiptoeing conversations and I'm like if you're ignorant like I'm not scared to say like You know what I mean? Like yeah. you are ignorant, right? Especially because a lot of conversations about topics like this, the people fighting the point swear they're really, really actually educated. So mm -hmm. I feel like for me, when I've had these conversations, I'm just like, people don't, I feel like people that are speaking from those perspectives and saying, oh, people that come here have a choice that are, they're coming, that's where the, the context that they come from, either their family yeah. or their community. So I always just talk about like, you can't speak on an experience that you've never gone through. Exactly. So it's like, no matter how much you try to fight the point, you've never been low income. And especially those that have been low income, like a lot of people that have been low income that are Latinos that are like racist or just like fully say our community is like lazy or any from any community. I feel like it comes from that communist, like really hard and aggressive politics that our countries are based out of. You know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like that also stems from that. And like, The desire to be white is real. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Teresa Payne went through a whole phase. She went yeah. through a whole phase. Yeah. I went, when I first came here, I was bullied. And I, I would say I had an identity crisis for a little bit because I was like, I have no friends. I'm sitting by myself at lunch. I'm crying. I'm miserable. 
I need to be white. That's just what it, I need to be, be white. I wanted to go get contacts. I would not sit in the sun at all because I did not want to be dark whatsoever. I would layer sunscreen on sunscreen on my arms, my face, my legs everywhere. And I was dying to dye my hair blonde, but my mom was just like, dude, you're crazy. And f even though the idea in my head stopped or you know the obsessiveness stopped with me wanting to change myself but that never went away until like I would say when, once I got in college and I was like wait I love where I come from I love my culture I love my story it's what makes me who I am I don't want blue contacts I don't want to dye my hair blonde and I do not want to be white I am Egyptian and I love it and I'm an immigrant and I am I would not take it any other way so Hell yes yeah, being white is, and some people just never, never get out of that. They just. But I think that's also a topic, right? Because it's not just that simple. Like, it's not like, like, I feel like if anything, I don't feel, there's been a lot of anger, but I think then there comes a point where I get sad because I realize like the systems in place are so deeply rooted and intentional. Yeah. And I'm saying that lately because people don't, they're like, what? everything in place as you know it is not by accident right like so people think like if we just no understand labor for free is not by accident labor and low wages is not by accident with the same thing with white supremacy like the the standard of white man being placed as like the top earner the top face of everything is not by accident it's yeah. violent it was done violently it's in history over and over in our faces so naturally, that's our expectation in all we see in media and all we see in power. So when we understand that, we also realize, like, this is not a fight against those who can't snap out of it, but a fight to realize it's really the entire system. So it's really coming to see and talking with others about the fact that, like, I was in an Uber with a white man, and he had Trump stickers all over, and I'm like, oh, this is, like, like, I'm, like, right in the middle of quarantine, not really working like that. I'm like, this is really going to be this? And like, and testing me, God. We ended up talking and he's like, he talked about, you know, something that was trending for a while about Soros and fundraising, I mean, funding for Black Lives Matter. Yeah. So he just started picking at that. And I'm like, all right, you know, you got to go on to another point too. You can't just use that one. And then he's just going at it. And I know I'm like, you know what's crazy? You just told me you work for your jobs, right? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, sounds like all of us, right? It sounds like the undocumented people that you probably think are lazy sounds like pretty much every single community that you think is like trying to somehow take anything from you. You're still working three jobs. Clearly the government's not on anyone's side unless they're multi-billionaires. And I started laughing. Exactly. And he was like, yo, you're right. But no the, conversation, way. <laughs> the conversation was way deeper than that. But the point was that just that I feel like it's all intentional for low income people and working class people to, look at what group is doing less or better and just kind of tug at each other because yeah. that would really keep us distracted from the fact that they're sitting in their yachts and chilling right and i'm not talking about people that are, are rich i'm talking about like people who have money to like solve world poverty a hundred thousand yeah. times yeah that's not that many people compared to our population so it's just like i like to address that we should become like upfront with our friends but i also like to address that destroying a friend doesn't solve racism and it's very uh, convenient for everyone right now to be like i cut that friend off and i'm like that's easy yeah that's yeah. easy as heck to no, do no no i don't believe also in cutting a friend off because they have different beliefs i i think mm -hmm. obviously the goal is for people to come to a middle ground and like understand because even, even if i haven't been in that position like i want to understand you 
Um, so I, I guess it always, it always comes to that. Like we, we want things to be amicable and not just be like, okay, bye. And then they end up yeah. still believing that same way. So there's no win in that. Right. What do, what do your parents say about the work you do? Cause I know from where I come from, especially I remember, uh, anytime I'll talk to, about politics or just bring up my parents to be like, shh, don't say anything. Don't get involved. This and that. <laughs> Just walk by the wall, you know? So for you to be undocumented, out there, representing, no fear, at 23, what do your parents say? I mean, at first, my parents, I didn't tell my dad when I would leave the school. <laughs> then, like, there was some stuff I couldn't tell my mom. But I, but I mean, I feel like my dad is proud because I feel like I'm very much my father's daughter. Aww. So I feel like this is the thing that he would have done if he would have gone to school. And I just think they're proud. It's always scary though, right? Because yeah. it's like, yeah. I never essentially know what I'm walking into with any of it, right? You don't yeah. choose, you don't get to choose the agenda for activism. Yeah. Um, so it's crazy. Like, they're always looking at me, especially because they know I love fashion and like beauty. They're like, yeah. amor, so like in Spanish, like, like, you know, they're like, you know, oh God. like, you could be yeah. a whole entrepreneur because they see me. I'm like really good at business, yeah. but I'm, but I feel like they also really understand and are so they're, they're activists themselves. If I can yeah. be so, I'm I don't sure talk, like your like, parents are so proud, like deep down, like it's, it must be really scary. I mean, I, at least I will speak for myself, like my mom and my dad, I, I know that if they knew I was like walking into these rooms, like they would be like, hell no, you know, because they're just like afraid, like they'll think yeah. the worst, like what if they deport you or something, you know, but I'm sure that deep down they, they must be so proud and they must feel like you're so brave, you know, like, cause it really takes a lot of a person to just like dedicate yourself to doing this, you know? Yeah. Have you, yeah, ever, like, have you ever just like thought about running for office or just doing anything in the actual government? No, because I feel like as an activist, I what I've really valued is being non-affiliated, like not having an org, not being not working under an org. Mm. I think if I could get dark for a little. I feel like I'm so realistic about how messed up the systems are yeah. that I see so much power in stirring up individual power by itself, right? Which is why I'm trying to get more creative now that I'm home and kind of think like, what are some ways to build out that don't force me to just be like a source of inspiration, but also a, um, I'm, I'm sorry, not, yeah, like a source of inspiration from my own story, but rather be a person who helps curate and facilitate yeah. scholarship for those who want to go into media and who want to talk about the struggles they've gone through in their community because i think like it's just not thing i feel like the more i learn the more i'm like things are not what they seem and i think now we know it with the internet yeah but i just i don't see myself running for office i'm like i'll be a glammed glammed up ass congresswoman i'll have all my eyeshadow like <laughs> right like how you doing yeah how do you juggle like doing all of this and you know, your personal life, like hanging out with friends or even doing other passions of yours. You know, I'm sure that there are things that you like to do or hobbies. How do you- I'm do not going to lie. Like, this is going to be so like, I don't know if I should say it out whatever. I said I was going to start saying it. I really haven't. Like, I have no personal yeah, life. Like, like, I have no life. Like, the friends that I have hanging on by a string is just because they really know me to the root. And they're like, I know she's like a good friend. And like, she just- 
I feel like I've put this over everyone else and everything. And I feel like it's in big part survival mode because I feel like after high school, I was like, oh, that's it. I'm clinging on to social justice and we're going to find some solutions. We're going to go to school. And I think like I haven't known a social life, to be honest. I, I told Gabriella offline, like, I just feel like I've never lived the life of a young person, a conventional person, an American or whatever it is. I just yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like my whole youth has been working like... I've just been grown way too early and I smile about it. But if we're being honest, that's pretty much, I feel like so many of my friends that are immigrants that aren't influencers, they've all just like not had a social life and are like doing amazing careers. But yeah, so right now I'm trying to kind of, I'm kind of in that journey of trying to find myself again. I don't think I lost myself too far, but I do feel like I put away a lot of my desires to be an excellent activist. And now I'm trying to like, so you know, what advice do you have for someone who wants to be an activist, just doesn't know? Because activism isn't something you learn in school and it's not something you just like, you can go online and read about how to become, like it just happens. So if someone is very passionate about activism and about, you know, human rights or this and that, what advice do you have for them? Yeah, I was just sharing this with the Museum of American History that I think it's so important to look at your own story, right? Because your own story is the reference you have for your personal experiences. We're confined to limited identities. So we can't ever really speak on general um, populations. But I think for those who want to go into social justice, it's so important to look at your own story. And to also, if you're not looking to look into your own story, which is also an option because there's no pressure, um you should also look into what exists right i think so many people are starting things from scratch in relation to social justice and that's beautiful except that if we're being honest decentralizing narrative is important and to do that you have to look at what exists and kind of see what exists that hasn't been able to get that much attention or support right mm -hmm. there's so many elders that have been part of movements for like decades and don't know how to use social media so they can't get donations online yeah right so i think in part, it's looking at what exists, kind of really analyzing what what role and what tools you possess as a human that can help in that. Is it storytelling? Is it art? Is it organizing? Is it like just really kind of seeing where you feel like your your plus is? And if it's nothing, that's also okay. Like I feel like when I was fifteen, I was I was networking a lot, and I remember meeting congresswomen, and I was just like. Oh my god, like I would literally do that in front of them. Like if it was a celebrity, I'd be like, You're so amazing. Like, so you run this district? And they're like, Yeah, like they would be actually really excited because I feel like a lot of young people don't actually didn't actually ask those questions when I was. Yeah. Yeah. And they would just be like, Yeah, what else do you want to know? And I'm like, so you just like sit there and like, how's does the planning go? And like doing that at a young age helped me help me get ideas for what I did and didn't want to do when it comes to changing the world run by these women that makes a lot of sense i mean we were supposed to talk about um, <laughs> some common mistakes that people make you know when they're building a brand but i feel like the conversation has taken a turn which is totally fine so i think i'd rather talk about just like what is your normal day like what do you do are there certain things that you're doing every day just to like keep your mental health in check? Cause I know, I know for a fact, if I am going through a lot of pressure in what I do, I can't imagine you like having to also like hear 
so many stories. I think maybe that's one of the reasons why I could never be an activist because I will get attached too much to like people's actual stories. That's me. And then I'll be like depressed all day. But yeah, like what do you do just to kind of like keep you, keep your mental health like balanced? I mean, now during quarantine is such a different time than before. Before I didn't do nothing. I would just take in stories 24 seven and just like hope for the best as I like try to redistribute stories into resources. But now I started with a trainer, which I was so scared to do. I'm like, I hate when people tell me what to do, but I'm doing training. And I feel like that's been helping me because it's just been helping me concentrate on my overall health. Yeah. I've also been going out more, like, but like just doing stuff that I really like. I love bright colors and just crazy things. So I've just been trying to like cross off things that I've always wanted to do when I was like little and couldn't do because I was working. Um... And just, yeah, kind of being spontaneous. I'm such a spontaneous person. Like, my new friends now are like, Sarah, I'm outside. We're going X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, we're out. And I'm like, actually doing it. Yeah. You know? And I think that keeps me sane because I hate planning when it comes to fun sometimes. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the adrenaline. So trying to be a little more tapped into that side because when I was younger, I would hate doing that because I'm like, if I do that, I'm going to do a bad job when I get back to work. But yeah. now I'm like, oh snap! I'm literally just the same. I just like. We were talking a couple uh, weeks back too about like what we were doing for quarantine and how like we were drawing or painting or like doing random things like that because now we have the time. Yeah, and I think also it's like I'm more aside than the time. It's like you're just like stuck into like your walls at home, right? And you're like, fuck. Yeah. I need to get my mind off of things and yeah. just like do anything at this point. Um, I have another question though. So for someone like me that has an, that is an influencer or even just like anyone, right. Um, I'm always looking for ways to get involved, but then I feel like I don't end up getting involved. And I think it's because if people don't tell me, like, I feel like not invited. (laughs) I don't know if that makes any sense, but I'm like, what can I do that can help where it's also where I could still have my identity and just kind of do this on the side where I don't really care to like put it onto the world. Like, this is what I'm doing. You know, like, I don't care if people know. You just want to help. Yeah. And I think right now is also a weird time because of COVID. But if there was anything, I know that you said you were doing a couple of things. Yeah. Um, so well, I hate doing this though. So I'm, this is going to be practice, if I could be honest. Because that's why I've had such a hard time being an activist because I feel like I separate activist and business so much, but honestly, creating stuff that gives people a way to take action is like the most logical way to make sure people yeah. take action. Right? Mm-hmm. So I created something called Population Mike, and it's a digital canvas that gives you basically tiers. Like, I don't know if you've heard of Patreon. Yes, I have. I so it's essentially like Patreon, except that it doesn't necessarily involve you donating immediately. It just yeah. more so gives you an option of level of involvement. So I created one for influencers, like for like celebrities that are like legit, probably I won't be necessarily in contact with, but just their teams for people who are just like well off and just want to donate. And I'm launching that before this year ends. So that's going to be a direct way that people that want to take action, but don't necessarily want to make that the entire branding of their platform Mm -hmm. can take action. And I've developed it because of the same reason, because I feel like 
I made so many friends that weren't in my world, but were like, whatever you do, I'm going to support. And I'm like, okay, well, how do I do that and not make it a Sarah thing? And population mic has been the way that I feel like I redirect people and I'm like, what do you want to get involved with? And they're like this. And I kind of direct them according to like my friends that work in different yeah. social justice spaces. Mm-hmm. And of course, immigration. But kind of by decentralizing people's idea of where they should help. Because when you think you should help, you're like the Red Cross. But it's like not always do your donations really get to people through the Red yeah. Cross, you know? I feel like whenever I think Red Cross, I'm like, no. I don't know. It just sounds like, I don't know. It I've heard a lot of, I've heard, I've heard a lot of like, not bad, but controversial things about the Red Cross. About me. She's like, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> um, I don't want to eat food, honey, but. All right. So uh, to wrap up, I think we have a fire hot burning question segment. Fun question. Nothing too serious. Uh, just for us and for the listeners to get to know who the real <laughs> Mora is, um, besides her activism. All right. Okay. okay. They're, they're not. Oh so so All right. Let's see. Uh, what's your favorite thing in your clo- in your closet right now? This dress. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I can't see it. I just see this dress, but whatever. I can imagine it. It's sultry, honey. I like that. Uh, what's the best advice you've received? That you don't need a mentor and that you're your own mentor. Oh, shit. I oh, thought I you said that. you don't need a man. I was like, God. That one, too, though, that you shouldn't be that, that like, well, that's that's another. The first advice is that, like, in, in many, like, per se, big careers. Yeah. Wise, people feel like they need a mentor and like mentors do help but one of the advice that one of my mentors gave me he doesn't know he's my mentor but i made him a mentor <laughs> he was like you don't need me you don't need anyone like trust your gut like make bold decisions of course observe those that have come before you but don't fully like set this bar of what like could be you um, others should kind of like you know yeah. put in place for you to understand I for used to believe that too I used to think that I needed a mentor and then now I'm like no I don't you can figure it out yeah. now. I just get scared of things and I'm like I can do it yeah but like everybody gets scared I feel like even my oldest mentors like I'm giving them advice and then that shows me like not that they're less than me or anything but it just shows like we're all we're all just different personalities when you have when you practice being bold like that's practice like not all of us are born out the womb making negotiations like yeah you know what I mean all right, next question. Do you have any pets? I don't. I'm allergic to so many pets. Ooh, okay. What? What's yeah. your favorite movie ever? Um, hmm, there's so many. Um, I really like Matilda. I've watched that movie like a hundred times because I was oh so God, fascinated. I, I was so fascinated about how she can move things with her, I know. her teacher and the You should be Matilda for, for how Oh, I love Matilda. Oh, okay. Like a little. <laughs> Describe yourself in three words. Oh. Ooh. I don't like doing that. I don't know. I would say I'm strong as hell. That's three words right there, right, but like that dark chocolate or milk chocolate dark chocolate what's your biggest pet peeve 
I really cannot stand people that waste time. I'm so sorry. That's gonna sound so suck out. No, but that's that's true though. Time. Yeah, mind you, like I'm telling you, I waste time, but like it just makes me mad. So, uh, let's see. iPhone or Android? I iPhone. Sorry. Yeah, I was about to be like a click. Spotify or Apple Music? Apple Music. All right, let's go. Yeah. Nah, Spotify yeah. music over here. Uh, name a book you read that positively changed you. I think Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Like, there's a lot of critiques because, like, I feel like her perspective is obviously from a white woman. But yeah. as the first book that I read in a, a space of women empowerment at 17, the way she talked about things made me go into places and demand stuff. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it really changed who I was because I was always soft-spoken. But as I continue to read books of that type, yeah. I got both. I was like, why? We about to walk in these rooms and... I don't you see know? you as soft-spoken at all. You're That's crazy. You're That's like, how I'm what's going. up? I'm Sarah, period. Yeah, you That's seem like you're very bold. Yeah. All right, any tattoos? I want one, but no, I don't have any. All right. Oh, it's your birthday coming up. You should get one. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Happy early birthday. Your birthday is in 15 days, right? I need you I as a research. Yes. Oh, I did my Wait, research. Wait, what day is it? It's in 15 days. What's Which today? is? Oh, girl, I don't know. September 20-something. Uh-huh. What is it? 29th. 25th. September 25th. All right, last question. If you had any superpower, what would it be? It would be to know all of the knowledge in the world. Like oh every single Do you think you would world. want to actually know that though? Yeah, I would. I feel like all the knowledge in the world could probably very, be very scary. I think it would give you depression, but I already have a form yeah, of like, like, I feel like, I don't know. I kind of would want that. Unless like, okay, let me think of another. Mm. But I, 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 I no, no, I agree with you. Like, there's so many times where I'm like, I just want to know, like, more. Like, I want to know about the other galaxies, about this, what's what's around us. Is there an Illuminati? Is there not an Illuminati? What's <laughs> right. No, I, I guess I would like to infinite wisdom. We wouldn't be like already like in my world. I'm like. Ugh, knowing that I'm already so like frustrated by it that I'm like I'd rather just finish knowing everything yeah. so I could just decide how to best help the world or like how to best support next generations and like building legacy because I another thing that I mentioned that I feel like such a grandma about is that I love legacy like as a big sister I feel like I think so much about next generations and like how can I make sure my legacy is like not so much centric on me but just really leaving something that actually helps people of next generation so I'm mentoring girls that are like eight years younger than me so i have five girls so far oh that's so that's awesome. that's awesome also i i like what, what you just said about you know not leaving a legacy where it's about you like i really believe that about you because i feel like um you know being an activist just it's so selfless even though like i'm sure you do it because it makes you feel good that you're doing good but the, but i also think that it's like a really huge sacrifice you're not getting self-recognition so as an influencer myself i do feel like i got a big ego <laughs> you know what i mean and a lot of the stuff that i do is for myself 
you know, even though I, I do also like enjoy helping people a lot. That makes me feel really good. But mm-hmm. a lot of the things I do on a daily basis are just for me, you know? So I, mm-hmm. I, w- I would love to get to a point where like I, I'm doing more things for others. Yeah. And not just like, shit, you that selfish. <laughs> what I mean? like, well, I'm just like, Sarah, is there anything you are working on right now? Or is there anything you want to tell our listener listeners about you or anything that's coming up? Um, well, I'm going to be launching my first, I'm going to be curating my first exhibit at a museum, which is like my childhood dream. Like I never thought that would actually happen. So it's going to be at the American History Museum and I'm the first episode and it's called Girlhood it's complicated it's like redefining what girlhood is like in the united states of america starring your girl miss sarah mora in the house so my god i'm really grateful for that because i just feel like that's gonna be the beginning of me helping other kids like learn more about storytelling and like use that project to really get into places where people wouldn't even imagine that a reality especially with spoken word Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll be relaunching Population Mike, which is the thing I told you all about for different ways. Different people of all levels could take action, even if it's low-key, not necessarily publicly. Um, let me think what else. I mean, I'm going to be doing stuff here and there. I don't want to say stuff because it's all still like yeah, in the works. Yeah, private, yeah. But, well, where can people find you, our listeners? Where can they find you so that they can see? So you? I'm really only active on Instagram. I tried Twitter, but I'm just like, all right, this is a lot of work. So you could find me at Miss Sarah Mora, like Miss Universe, but it's not. It's Miss Sarah Mora. And it's um, M-I-S-S-S-A-R-A-M-O-R-A on Instagram. It's on Snapchat and Twitter, too, so you can follow me, of course. But, like, I just lay low there a lot more. Mm-hmm. And We'll also have it linked in our description and on our uh, Instagram so people can easily just click and be able to access your Instagram right away. I'm surprised though that you're not on Twitter that much because that's like, I feel like that's where I go to like get my information. That's true, but I feel like it gives me anxiety to be honest. So I feel like Instagram is already like a house that I feel like I have to manage. Yeah. Um, Twitter just definitely gives me anxiety because it's super fast paced. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I would have to be like with the, with the drama and I feel like everything's already drama in my world. Um, yeah. but also I was going to say, by the time you guys share the episode, my Patreon will be up. So if people want to donate directly or subscribe to my ecosystem of resources, aside from population, like that's also an option and that'll be in my bio. Awesome. Okay, cool. Okay, perfect. Well, we appreciate your time. We appreciate you coming and, and talking to us via zoom. Uh, via zoom like we're getting paid or something (laughs) um but But, yeah thank you so much for coming on the podcast you know since I met you I was like oh I want to have her so it was really cool to chat with you I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna uh talk to each other again you know we like randomly hit each other up and like we have (laughs) time so I'm glad we have this friendship where we understand that because not many people understand that it's like hard to be responsible I'm always like that that's what my friends like I feel like hate me over time but what can we do yeah I mean we get it that's all that matters also I'm going to be in LA for my birthday now I've decided so I will be like a month so wait you are going to come to LA Okay. I know. I was like, no. She was going to Puerto Rico, so it's good to know. I know. I know. Okay. Well, you need to let me know. We need, we all need to go to lunch. Meet up and maybe do the 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 topic we were supposed to do, do today. Do a part two, <laughs> right? 
Let's All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a great week. I thank hope you. Uh, it's very productive. Awesome. And we'll yeah, talk soon. We'll chat. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. bye. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We enjoyed having Miss Sarah Mora uh, with us and talking to us about what she does and everything. I think it was very inspiring to know, like, how much she's doing to help change the world like we said very selfless mm -hmm. um i don't even think she realizes it i feel like for her it's like i i almost felt this vibe like like when we compliment her she's like she doesn't believe it yeah right yeah yeah and i think it's i don't know i think that's also Beautiful. a dope thing yeah. about her because yeah. she obviously really does things for you know like to help and I'm sure that in some way, like, she is passionate about what she's yeah. doing. So, I don't know. Definitely inspiring to me yeah. to have people like this around me because it's a good reminder that there's always something that we could do to help someone else. Yeah. Um, so, I'll definitely be checking out her um, her site, Population Mike, if you guys also want to check it out. Uh, just make sure you guys follow her on Instagram for whenever she announces that it's out. Um, but I think it's a great idea because many people like want to help and but they don't know how we don't necessarily want to be like in charge of making something. happen. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm not good at organizing things. So <laughs> I'm always like, Marina, help me. Yeah. I don't know what to do. You know? Yeah. But uh, we appreciate you guys so much for tuning in today and listening. And we hope we, she's inspired you in any way, shape or form. And with that being said, make sure you guys follow her on Instagram at Miss sarah mora and make sure you share this episode with any of your friends or on your instagram make sure you guys follow us on instagram at lemons to lemonade show and our personals at gabriella bandy and at tony marina and remember when life gives you lemons you, you make, make lemonade, lemonade. <laughs>